Greetings to the brightest audience in the country. I'm your host, Dominic Enyart, coming from Denver, and it is windy. Like, it's really windy. I'm not sure if this is coming through on the microphone or not, but here in my office, my office has a window just to the left of where I'm sitting, and the wind is rattling that and the entire building, and, and that can that can never be a good thing, right? When uh, you feel the entire building sway one way and then the other, and you start to get seasick on the second floor. <laughs> uh, anyways, I hope that doesn't come through too much on the microphone here. Uh, now, I want to jump right into Chastity Part 3. Two weeks ago, we did Chastity Part 1, about why chastity is important. And last week, we did Part 2. We've been doing it on Wednesdays, about why we should try, even though it's difficult to be chased. And today, Part 3, I want to get into some of the tools that we have at our disposal. In other words, what are some practical steps we can take to become more chaste? And that can be tricky because chastity is all about not doing something, right? Not lusting after someone, not looking at a, a picture, not watching pornography, or not having bad thoughts. And it's, it's hard to come up with some action items when the goal is to not do something. But fear not, that's what we're talking about today. Before I get into that, though, I want to go back to the discussion we had on part one of chastity, and I forgot to include something. So part one was about why chastity is important, and the main reason I gave was that it keeps us from burning out our ability to fall in love. And now, while that's certainly the case, I want to add on another reason, which is the trust that your future spouse can have if you are chased today. And I, I was listening to this debate between a young conservative talk show host and a degenerate liberal comedian. And they were arguing about abstinence, abstinence before marriage. And one of the points the conservative made was that when you've been going your entire life being abstinent, it's a sign that you have great self-control and that you aren't going to leave your wife and she on her whenever your emotions tell you to because you've already demonstrated you have a track record of not going out and shacking up with people. You know, you have a track record of purity and you have a track record of being faithful to God first and foremost. And when you know, I'm, I'm talking mainly to guys here. You know, when a woman sees that you've spent so much of your life not giving into your impulses, it's a sign to her, hey, this guy is going to be faithful to me. And being abstinent can give that trust to a gal um, or a guy. You know, fellas, if you have to choose between a girl who's been pure her entire life and a gal who's gone out and lived the party life, you know, the safe bet is to go with the, you know, the the more pure person. And now uh, that's not to say if you've been impure that there isn't forgiveness and reconciliation and healing in Christ. Of course there is, uh, but that is one of the consequences of your sin. You won't be able to have that same type of trust and bond that you might have had had you been pure going all the way back. And 
in this debate, they were talking about abstinence, which is not having sex before marriage. Uh, but the same is true to an even greater extent with all chastity, right? If you're completely chaste before marriage, it's an even stronger sign that, hey, I'm going to be faithful. And you've demonstrated that. All right. But now... Um, Moving on from that, last week I said that we are set up for success, especially with the tools that God has given us, and I, I said I'd talk about that on today's show. So what are those tools? And let me look at my notes here and run through these fast. And these are in no particular order, so the tools for chastity. And before I list these, I want to point out that every spiritual discipline will help you with chastity because spiritual disciplines help you get closer to God. And the closer you get with God, naturally, the more you will be in line with his will. And that said, I have five points here, which I think especially pertain to chastity. Accountability, prayer, fasting, planning, and Bible memorization. Now, Bible memorization, I put that at the end of the list because I'm going to give you guys a list of verses and I I try to have these memorized and I want to give you guys time to grab a notepad. So while I talk about these other ones, go ahead and grab a notepad or, or something to write on. But so to start, I'll just work my day, way down the list. Accountability. There is a men's group, which I have never been involved with or part of, but I've heard really great things from it. And I bring it up because of the title of the men's group. It's called Every Man's Battle. And that name is a really great name. Remember uh, the first show of this series was titled Just for the Fellas. And because to all the ladies out there, you know, I'm, I'm not a gal. I, I don't know the struggles you all have, but I'm, I'm a guy and I know how severe this struggle is with the fellas. And every single guy I've talked to about chastity, which has been a lot, has they've all struggled with it, all, all the guys I've talked to, and myself included. And so that name, Every Man's Battle, great name, because it is a battle that every man has. And I used to see really strong Christians and think, oh, man, they've obviously got their act together. <laughs> but, but then every single time I talk to one of them and I ask them about it or for advice or help, yep, they struggle too. And so uh, that was always a big fear of mine. Like, hey, I can't tell anyone about this. They're going to think I'm awful. I'm the only one who has this issue. I'm the only one who knows about this. I got to fix this myself. And it's no, that's ex that's exactly wrong because this is a battle that every man has, and spiritual warfare. I I know this is a bit of a tricky and controversial subject, but I think if there's anything there, part of the warfare is convincing, you know, Christian guys, you are alone. You're the only one who's messed up like this. Keep it to yourself. And that's not true. The legions of Satan, if they're doing anything, that they're dividing and conquering. So to combat that, talk about your struggles. Talk about it. And is that scary and uncomfortable? Yeah, very much so. But the uncomfort of telling someone about it and getting help is way less uncomfortable 
than living in sin for the rest of your life. Seeing all the destruction that will bring on yourself and others, that will be more uncomfortable than having, you know, a 30-minute chat with a friend over coffee. Plus, it's a good exercise in pride, not being prideful. And but so so you guys know, I'll, I'll tell you guys, I have a weekly accountability meeting. I have an accountability meeting with a friend of mine. And like when it comes to theology, we are polar opposites, but he's a strong Christian guy and he cares about chastity. And so, uh, I don't know, about two years ago or so, I was having a really rough patch in my spiritual life and just uh, a period of discouragement and sin and feeling gross and all this garbage. I finally had enough. I was sick of not being close with God. And I reached out to this friend of mine and I said, hey, man, can we meet up for coffee and talk? And he agreed. And uh, we met once and it was a really valuable meeting just to get out out into the open. And he asked me if I really if I wanted to meet weekly. And I said, yes. And so that was maybe maybe two and a half, three years ago now. I'm not, I'm not sure. And so for two and a half, three years uh, we meet once a week, you know, outside, it's not part of any church event, but we, we meet and we talk about our struggles. And, you know, that's one reason I'm very passionate about this issue. You know, once a meet, I meet with a guy and we talk about it and, you know, that makes someone care. And so accountability meetings are wonderful. There are many different ways to have accountability, but I'm just going to share with you what I do and encourage you to find someone, a partner who you can work with. And before I do, I do want to warn you. I've been part of some accountability meetings that have been more so than accountability meetings. They've been more justification meetings where you meet up with some other guys and you say like, oh, yeah, we're all terrible. All right. See you next week. And then you meet again next week and you're like, oh, yep, we're still all terrible. And so that's a that's a danger you can fall into. So definitely be wary of that. But so once a week, me and this guy, we meet and this is done. I've been so grateful to have this in my life because it's it's really strengthened my walk with Christ. And we'll meet once a week and talk for maybe about 45 minutes, just about our lives, what's going on, all that jazz and, you know, the biblical books we've been reading, our families. He's married now. When I first started meeting with him, he was single, but now he's married, which is really cool. And I'll ask him about his wife, whatever, yada, yada, yada. And it's really a good time. We both enjoy it. But then we get down to business, and we have a list of things that we go through, and we each ask the other, you know, over the past week. And I legit, we have a, a legit list i pull out my phone which has a list of all this stuff on it and we're very blunt about it and you need to be blunt and it's it's a little uncomfortable but the list it has stuff like number one have you watched pornography since last we met and number two and i'll actually skip this one because on air it's a little gross number three have you been struggling with lust in your thought life Number four, have you been struggling with lust in public? Number five, how about lust online? You know, aside from porn or anything like that, just on your social media feed or something like that. 
And you might have noticed these are uncomfortable and awkward questions. And, you know, after you do it for a few months or however long, you know, it gets easier because you start to come back with really encouraging news. You know, you had, you've had good weeks or you've had good months or even you've had good years in a row when you're doing well. And, you know, that's that's cool to see. And so, you know, number six on the list is have you been reading your Bible every day? Number seven, how has your prayer life been? Number eight, have you been memorizing Bible verses? And if so, what are they? And tell them to me to show that you've memorized them. Number nine, have you had any gospel conversations with unbelievers? Number 10, and this this one might make you laugh. Have you been waking up early or have you been sleeping in? And you guys know, especially if you've been joining our Wednesday night Bible studies at Agape Kingdom Fellowship, that waking up early is a spiritual discipline. And in fact, Joshua, he, he cared about that a lot. And number 11, um, we try to read a psalm every day and then talk about all the ones we've been through that week. Number 12, have you been cussing? Number 13, have you been cussing in your thought life? And you know, when we first started these meetings, this list was a lot shorter. It wasn't 13. It was maybe just those first five or so. And then as we've gone on and our walks with Christ have been improving, we've added more and more stuff to see what we want to work on and, and focus on. And so, you know, the first few meetings just had like three of those questions on there. And then that improved. And then so we moved on to the next thing and added more. And just for me in preparing today's show, it's cool to look back and see the improvement on this list, how it's moved from, you know, the super destructive sins towards the less destructive ones. And it's it's encouraging to see the improvement in my walk with the Lord. And so I'm so thankful to my friend who's done that with me and walked the walk and not just talked the talk because that can get easy to do just talk about it and then not actually do anything and you know we're taught to bear one another's burdens so do that help other believers and ask them to help you there's absolutely no shame in that Anyways, after we get through our list, we'll ask each other if there's something specific we can be praying about over the next week, and then we pray and we head out. And when I'm saying all this, it's not to be, it's not meant to be, you know, oh, look at how great Dominic is. You know, I told you guys in the first show I did on this in high school, I became addicted to pornography. And, you know, I, I've moved past that, praise the Lord, but I'm not the standard because God forbid I could go back to that and I could, you know, fall into whatever sins. And I started this accountability meeting because I was messed up. And so I'm not trying to prop myself up as the standard at all. Christ is the standard. So don't look to me for, you know, tr don't try and be like Dominic, try and be like Christ. But I'm telling you this for two reasons. One, just to encourage you guys, hey, please find someone to keep you accountable on a weekly basis if possible. And two, if you find someone and you're not sure how to start, you know, I, I don't claim that the way I laid out is the best way to do things, but it's a starting point. And maybe if copying me can help you guys start up and hey, maybe you guys can evolve and maybe you guys can figure out what is the very best way. And you can, you know, you can write a book on that. 
But so I'm just saying, find someone from your church or another Christian you're close with and or you're not close with, who knows, and meet for coffee and talk about it. Uh, because this is every man's battle and you you're not a, you're not alone as you might think you are. And the next tool, so the first tool was accountability. And then the next tool I have is prayer. And the Bible teaches us to pray without ceasing. You know, you're communicating with God. You can specifically ask God to help you resist temptation. You can ask him to give you the wisdom to avoid temptation altogether. And people act like being chased is just about having a strong willpower. And willpower, it's not about willpower. And if that's how you see it, you are going to fail. And, you know, wisdom, wisdom is a big part of it. Get yourself out of those tempting situations and, you know, pray for the wisdom to do that. And, you know, also with prayer, I hear people say, I don't ask for lighter burdens. I ask for broader shoulders. It's like, well, hey, that that sounds pretty cool, but you will never have the strength to resist the temptation of the world on your own. You just, you won't. You have to rely on Christ for that. And, you know, you're, you're not strong enough. Your pride might be telling you, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm strong enough. But don't listen to your pride. It's, it's very deceitful, right? It's Christ that saves us from our sin. Don't think you can do that on your own. And remember that Christ doesn't save you from the consequences of your sin. He saves you from your sin, and he's he's the one that we have to rely on, not not on your own willpower. So pray to God without ceasing, pray continually. And, and what I did when I was first really starting this battle, and I, I didn't know how to pray about all this. So I just Googled random prayers against lust and random prayer for chastity or whatever it is. And I would just read those prayers aloud and I, I prayed them as I was reading them. And actually that, <laughs> that taught me how to pray better. At one point, <laughs> at one point I, I lost it, which is a bummer, but I found this one prayer that I read every night before bed for a few weeks out loud in my room. And it took me a solid half an hour to read this prayer. And I vote, I devoted that time and if you're wondering, would praying for half an hour every night help me with my walk with the Lord? Yeah, it does. It helps. And uh, so, you know, try that. And, you know, you don't want to pray with vain repetitions, but it's good to spend a lot of time in prayer and to pray specifically about chastity. You can pray about whatever you want, but we're talking about chastity. Uh, that, that'll help to pray, you know, Lord, help make me chaste. And, you know, the next tool I have here, which I mentioned, I've mentioned before on the show and I've, I've talked about it, is fasting. And fasting is wonderful. Fasting is a spiritual discipline, which really gets you in alignment with the will of God. And, you know, you take a set period of time. It could be six hours, 12 hours, 24 hours, 48, you know, maybe, maybe you could even do a week, who knows? And you just say, Hey, I'm only going to drink water during this time and my hunger will grow and I'm not going to eat. And it's like, well, why, what, what benefit does that serve? 
And it's threefold. And I, I mean, there are many more benefits than just these three, but that's all I'm talking about today. Number one is the time you would have spent preparing and eating, you spend reading your Bible. So, you know, you get home from work, take, you know, 30, 40 minutes to cook some food, you know, 10 minutes to eat and 10 minutes to clean. You just spend that time. You spend that time reading the word of God and, you know, you get an extra hour of reading your Bible. Uh, Number two, you can decide before you start, you know, every time I feel a pang of hunger, I'm going to say a prayer to the Lord. And if you're doing a fast, you know, hoping to become more chaste, you could say something like, you know, every time I feel a pang of hunger, I'm going to pray to the Lord, Heavenly Father, please make me more chaste. Make me chaste right now. Immediately give me chastity. Give me love for you. Increase my desire for you and for what is good and holy. Help me resist temptation. Give me the wisdom to avoid temptation. I And I worship and honor and glorify you. Amen. It's like, see, uh, really easy. You can do that in your head at work. You know, you're fasting. It's, it's easy. It's not this big, complicated thing. Number three, and again, I've, I've been talking about this, but it grows the muscle of denying yourself. Denying yourself and accepting God and obeying him is difficult, but when you can do it in a tangible way, such as resisting hunger, that helps you to have that muscle And it's the same muscle you use when resisting sexual temptation and fasting. It will it'll it'll really help grow your relationship with God in all areas. And, you know, this was a big realization for me in in my battle was that if you focus on killing sin, right, destroying the old, tearing it down, you'll have some success. But the best thing to do is to. Just put an intense focus on getting closer with God because building the new is way more powerful than tearing down the old. And so, you know, just focus a lot on having that close relationship with Christ. Now, the next thing I I had, we've gone through accountability, prayer, and fasting. The next thing is planning. And this one, at first, it might sound somewhat counterintuitive is, you know, when planning, you want to have a plan ready to go in case of failure. And the first time I heard that, I, I had a really sharp knee-jerk reaction against that because I, I thought, man, I, I don't want to plan on failing because then I'm just going to be sitting there thinking, you know, it, it, it's okay if I fail and it's not. And, you know, that's that's true. You, you don't plan on failing, but rather you have a plan ready to go in case you do fail. And there is distinction between those two. But you have to be wise and you have to understand yourself. And, you know, part of praying it, praying for wisdom is understanding that. And like we discussed, you know, C.S. Lewis, what he said, if you fail, never mind. You have to ask for forgiveness, pick yourself up, and try again. And he talked about how very often God... What he wants to teach you is not always the virtue itself. It might not just be the virtue of chastity that he's trying to teach you, but this power of always getting up and trying again and again. And I know with myself, when I fail, I feel like I can't 
be around God for a little bit. I feel like I've disappointed him and that he doesn't want to be with me and that I have to do good on my own so I can become, you know, clean enough to go talk to him, which is very foolish, but that's, you know, that's something I fall into. So I need to make sure I have a plan in case I mess up and it needs to be, you know, going to God immediately, you know, not, not waiting, not pushing this off. This will be something you have to do. And, you know, you guys, you'll have to figure out what your plan is going to look like, but I'll give you mine as an example. And so this has been my plan for if I fail, which is, it's pretty simple. I say a prayer and the prayer is three words long because I'm uncomfortable and I just pray. It's three words, Lord, I'm sorry. And then I go and I read Psalm 51. In Psalm 51, if you're not familiar, it was King David. He wrote this. The context was he, I'm sure you all know the story of King David and Bathsheba. And he committed adultery with Bath, Bathsheba. And after that, then the, the Nathan, he went and confronted David, said, hey, this is evil. And David repented. And Psalm 51 is the psalm that David wrote after having repented. And it's all about how, God, I'm, I'm sorry, make me clean, make me white as snow, remove this transgression from me. And so I, I read that and it's, it, you know, it helps me get, you know, back into the mindset of, you know, I've been redeemed by Christ. And then after I read that, then I, I pray again. And, you know, I, I might be a little discouraged because I failed, but I'm thankful that I've been forgiven and redeemed. And then, you know, I ask forgiveness, pick myself up and I try again. And so I, I encourage you guys to have some form of a plan ready to go in case of that. And the next thing is Bible memorization. And since I'm about out of time here, I'm not going to do this idea justice. And, you know, I don't have time to explain how powerful this is. Maybe next week we'll see. But for today, let me give you some verses to memorize. And you can write these down. I hope you've got an, a notepad. And... I'll read these in order, and I know our audience is mainly New King James Version and King James Version Advocates, which are great translations, but right now I've got an ESV in front of me, so that's what I'm going to use. And I'll, I'll try and put a list on kgov.com. You can use whatever translation you want, and I, I won't read all of these, but just some of these. Uh, so to start, we start off in the Psalms, Psalm 25 6 and 7. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions according to your steadfast love. Remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. And then also from there, Psalm 51. I won't read that entire, entire psalm. Psalm 101 verses 2 through 7 are great. Psalm 119, which Psalm 119 is all about David and how much he loves the the law. And 
while obviously we're not under the law today, you know, it does show a really good attitude of wanting to obey Christ, and you can take a lot from there. So Psalm uh, 119 is really great, has some specific ones in there. Uh, then Proverbs 6, 23 uh, through about 33, that's about, you know, resisting temptation. And had I had more time, I'd go through all of these specifically. Matthew five forty eight, which when I read this one, people people get mad at me, like Christians. It's like I'm just I'm reading this directly, so it always you know makes me laugh. Matthew five forty eight. You therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's interesting. Uh, Romans eight thirteen. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Um, so, yeah, great verses. And I, I, I'm not by any means claiming this is an extensive list. This is just some of the ones I go through. First uh, Corinthians 6, and you could read 13 through 18. And I try and have some of these memorized, so maybe you guys could you know, go through some of these. Uh, a favorite is 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and that, I, I mentioned that on last week's show. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. 2 Corinthians 10 Verse 5, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and this part is the important part, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Uh, Galatians five sixteen through 21, Philippians 4, 8, Colossians 3, verse 5, Colossians 3, 5 is great. Put to death, therefore, that what, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And, by the way, I love that, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And that's that sounds very similar to what Solzhenitsyn wrote, that the line separating good and evil runs through every human heart, and who is willing to kill a piece of himself. And so it's just, it reminds me of that. 1 Thessalonians 4, I'd say 1 through 8, 2 Timothy 2, 21 and 22, James 1, verse 3, and then also from the same chapter, 14 through 16, and James 1, 3, that's, that's that one I've mentioned several times, that trials produce steadfastness. That's a, a good one to have committed to, to memory. 1 Peter 2, 11, and, you know, there's so many others, but that's just a good starting point. But, okay, I've stretched this show out past its limit, and we have to get going here. So join us tomorrow for Theology Thursday, Friday for Real Science Radio, and Sunday at Agape Kingdom Fellowship, and then back here again on Monday for Bob and Yard Live. And if you find this show beneficial to your walk with Christ, you know, we could use any support you guys want to give, whether that be financial or prayer or just sharing the show what an encouragement that would be this has been the dominic enyart show and i'm dominic enyart follow me on twitter at dominic enyart and i'm reminding you to do right and stay chaste